Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be just a tad bit odd, Robbie, if uh, if Brupolo was in New Hebron. Yes, it would. New, New, Hebron. New Hebrew. Brew Hebron. Brew Hebrew. New, he- New Hebrew? No, that's 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 John. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, wherever you live in our great state or anywhere, you can get Strange Brew Coffee. All you got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for shipping. And always, you know, I think everybody already follows Strange Brew Coffeehouse on Twitter at, SBC, at SB Coffeehouse. But if you don't, you know, that's the best way to keep up when they've got new stuff, new products, new mugs, and when they're doing Stranger Appreciation Day where you can get discounts, and that includes on shipping. So follow them if you're not already and uh, enjoy some great coffee with Strange Brew Coffee House. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Guys, it is this week is college football. There's college football in, in, in five days from today. Five days from today, there's college football. Uh, uh, did you, did you want four did you want my response or something? No, no, I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I'm, not people, I'm not one of those people who just makes a statement and then they ask as a question. I'm not, I don't do that. I actually ask questions. There's a question mark on the end when I ask a question. I can't stand when that happens. That's awful. But I'm just telling our listeners, it's time to head to College Corner to get that game day polo if you haven't done it already. It's time to get some new T-shirts for the boys and girls, little guys, little girls. It's time for the wife to get some new MSU, you know, jewelry and some and, and one of the, you know, whatever. I don't know what women wear. I, I don't. I don't do. I don't do clothes shopping for women. I did it once. I was chastised. Never again. But I'm just saying, it's time to look sharp. All right, you're gonna have that first game, and I mean, the first game of of the season is not far off. Get ready. Get looking good. Do it at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is Starkville's best Mexican restaurant. That place will be buzzing on September 2nd and 3rd. But it's, it should be buzzing all the time. Because, and I'm telling you, the buzz is the food is fantastic. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Tacos like you cannot get Anywhere else, when you're looking for some something Mexican, you want something that's kind of familiar, right? You want that meat and tortilla. It's always good, but you want something different. You don't want the old standby. You want humble taco. Head over there today. Make it easy on yourself today with lunch. Go to Firehouse Subs. Firehouse Subs, of course, 
makes it easy on you. Cause you get to do all you gots to do is download the free firehouse subs app and boom, you're off and running. Order your sandwich. It'll be ready within minutes. And the reward points, well, they just keep piling up. And you're eating free sandwiches, which everybody likes. Locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison, Firehouse Subs. No more practice reports, Robbie. How are you feeling? Um, I'm fine. Okay. You're not feeling got, like draws or anything? Well, you know, it got to the point where it was just kind of the same thing every day. You know, there's only so much that you can really take away from football practice mm-hmm. until, you know, it's time to, to play a game. And that's that's what I'm ready to, to see. I'm ready to see Mississippi State versus somebody else. Yeah. And that somebody else will be Memphis. But Isn't that um, the, like the big cliche, like, are they just ready to hit somebody else? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So that's where we are, too, as, as a media group. We're ready to see them hit somebody else. I'm ready to hit somebody else. I'm ready to hit you, Brian. You better bring a lunch. That's an all-day job, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to have to put you – I'm going to have to humble you a little bit if that's what we're going to talk about. Hopefully uh, I have some lunch left over from what I took from your feast last night. You know, Becky likes my cooking, you know. I'm just saying – she likes your cooking, too, though. You're a good cook. You know your way around the grill. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know. She, she, she might not be able to uh, take my chicken anymore after she has the the chicken tacos from last night. Just say it. She might not be able to take your chicken. Is that what you said? You know the chicken. Don't don't do that. This is the don't let's let's not let's not go back to junior high. I'm just saying. Um, I don't know if I've ever had Becky's cooking. Next time I come over. She needs to do the cooking. Oh, her her Mexican that she fixes, yeah, is that's like her specialty. I mean, she is. I don't know what happened, but she has somehow um, just found her niche here with the Mexican. She can she makes her own Mexican. She makes her own Mexican rice, and it's better than what I usually get at a Mexican restaurant. All right, you got you got my attention. You got my attention. Next, next time you come over to the house, we're going to do Mexican, and I'll let you be the judge. I, I, you know, just saying. I, I can do that. Um, so now that we're out, we're out of the, the practice reporting business now, we're sort of where we are with the depth chart. You know, the next time we see one, you and I know it'll be packed with ors and ands and 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 things like that. But I feel like we have a pretty good feel for what the first teams are going to look like on both sides of the ball. Some of them are obvious. Will Rogers is obvious. Um, running back, maybe a little bit of a question. We'll talk, I mean, we're talking about some injuries in just a minute. Receivers, do you feel like this is the group from, from left to right would be Ducking, Wally, Williams, and Tulu? Probably so. But there's some guys that you can mix in there. I I really feel like we're going to see some interchangeable players at wide receiver. You know, Austin Williams is kind of the the obvious. He's going to be in there. Um, I feel like Jaden Wally is going to be in there. And then I, I feel like you're going to see a combination of several other pieces. But, um, yeah, that's probably the group that you're going to see down number one versus Memphis. And he's, that's not, and none of those are surprises is what gets me there. I, I, I feel like the competition's been robust. I feel like, I mean, you saw Ra Ra down with the third team this past weekend. 
Yeah. Well, I feel like there's been good competition, but this is one time where the guys coming out of the spring held on to those jobs. And you know, Wally and Williams, you felt like that that was probably a given. But those outside spots were not set in stone by any means. But Tulu, and Tulu's a guy that <sighs> I won't go into my whole debate of I feel like they're misusing him. I feel like that's a, that's a whole nother show. But he has to be on the field. He's too explosive to not be on the field. And then give credit to Caleb Ducking. That's a guy that I would have had pegged for the transfer portal a couple of times. And now he's going to be a starting wide receiver, and he's going to be in the position of a guy who caught 108 passes last year. He's going to have a lot of opportunities. Yeah, and he's just been really solid from spring into training camp. I mean, he's just – there hasn't been a whole lot of bad days for him, which I think is very good news for Mississippi State because – they need a guy like that. They need a guy that can go down the field and win one-on-one battles, that big, tall, physical wide receiver. They need guys like that because they have some of these uh, shifty, smaller receivers. They have the Jameer Calvins and the Tulus and um, guys like that. They need the Duckings and the Antonio Harmons to come through because they've got to have some guys that can win those one-on-one battles in the red zone. And I feel like both of those guys can do that. I thought Harmon had a much better um, scrimmage last week. He's mm-hmm. uh, He looked a lot better than he has been in the last couple of weeks. But I feel certain that Caleb Ducking has won that spot. And another guy that we didn't talk about was was Jameer Calvin. Uh, yeah. you know, well, I, I, I was just about to get to that gonna... in terms of, like, what are the next four? It, it, well, I, again, yeah. let me make a guess here, and you tell me if I'm wrong. But going again, you know, left to right, would you say it's Harmon, Calvin, Harvey, and Rara? Either Rara or Justin Robinson. Okay. Uh, and Justin Robinson's kind of like Caleb Ducking. He's just been so inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, he was so inconsistent in the spring, but this fall, I haven't seen him have many bad days. Mm-hmm. Rara has not been as consistent, which is strange to say, but Rara's flashed a little more, I think. Yeah. And if that's what you're talking about, one of those two guys is going to be your third string guy. You're in good shape. I was going to um, say that, like if if Rara Thomas is third string, you should feel pretty good about the overall health of your wide receiver room. Well, it's kind of like you know Christian Ford is mm-hmm. probably third or fourth string. Yeah, and that was a guy that was very consistent for you last year, late in the season. That's pretty good. If that's yeah. if that guy's your third string guy at his position, so. You're talking about you are eight to eight to ten players deep, I think, mm-hmm. at wide receiver. Because we haven't mentioned really Jordan Mosley. Jordan Mosley's had a good camp. Yeah. Xavier Thomas has, has flashed. Didn't mention him, yeah. Um, so I think you're eight to ten players deep in that you can put eight to ten guys on the field and feel okay about your wide receivers. And that's probably as deep as you've ever been at that at the that position. Oh, no doubt. No question. And then on the offensive line, looks like the, the the starting lineup, if I had to guess today, is Dollar Bill at left tackle with Nick Jones at left guard, LaQuinston Sharp obviously in Sharpie at center, Cole Smith at the right guard, and Cam Jones back out at right tackle this year. Albert Reese feels like he's the swing guy on the right side, and then I don't know about the left side, but again, you know, the three – you know, the three guys who started, four guys who started most of the games last year, Dollar Bill didn't start, but he had a lot of experience. He got a lot of experience up front. Nick Jones has shown that he's, he, he looks like he's the part there at left guard. 
I just feel like State maybe a better unit on the offensive line this year without being better at left tackle. Like overall, they could be better left to right. Obviously not as good at left, but then you take the other four guys into account and I think they're going to bring it up. I feel like in the middle, you're really in good shape there. Absolutely. No, I, I think the offensive line as a group has a chance to be really good. What have we said this whole time? You just just be okay at tackle. Just don't be bad. If Dollar Bill can just hold his own against some really good defensive linemen, you're going to be okay. Because I really like what I've seen from Nick Jones. Um, he's been really impressive uh, with his hands, and I think you know he's really developed nicely at that left guard position. Know what you're getting in, in uh, Q Sharp. Cole Smith has gotten healthy, which I think is huge, because th- that offensive line really was a lot better last year when Smith was in there at guard. So, I mean, people forget that. People were upset that Albert Reese is getting beat at this point. But I think that's more due to the fact that Cole Smith is just getting healthy. I yeah. mean, that was, his, that was his spot. He was yeah. penciled in as the starter going into the spring at guard. So, it, to me, it just says Cole Smith has gotten healthy and he's back on the field, which is good news. I like Cam Jones better at guard. But him at right tackle is 10 times better than what we saw last year at right tackle. So I think they're going to be fine. Maybe more than 10, to be honest with you. Yeah, so that first five, and from what I've seen in practice, they've protected really well against a defense that they're not going to see. Um, This is a defense where blitzes are coming from all over the place, a lot more pressure than you're going to see, and they've held their own. So I think – that's probably the toughest defense they're going to play this year from a from a pressure standpoint. Yeah, uh, with the blitz coming from all over and all that stuff, and they've they've held their own pretty good. So yeah. I feel okay about this offensive line. I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. Um. And to your point about you know the swing guy on the left side, I think Cole Smith's probably going to be your swing guy at the guard mm-hmm. position. If somebody if something happens at left, he'll go to left. Something happens, you know, somewhere else. He's he's probably going to be the guard swing guy. Okay. Um, and then you know, Cam Jones, of course, can do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he can play guard or tackle. So you have a you have a few guys there that can move around. There's so much versatility, and I think that's kind of a Mason Miller staple is the versatility. And you know, we'll see. I would love to see Percy Lewis redshirt. If I think he's you're not going, going to have that opportunity this year, but I don't know if they'll have it. If he's not if he's not going to play at, at tackle, if, if Dollar Bill's holding that down, I would like to see him redshirt. Yeah. And that's not the worst thing in the world. You know, they've had they had two successful tackles come out of JUCO that redshirted their first year: Martinez Rankin and Tyree Phillips. Mm-hmm. If that happens, it doesn't mean that Percy Lewis stinks. It doesn't mean that he was a bust. It just means that he's not quite ready yet, and right. that's okay. Right. So if you can hold it down, yeah, for sure. So let's give it, let's give the offense depth chart then. Rogers at quarterback. I guess we're going to say Johnson to start at running back because we're not 100% sure about Woody Marks. He suffered a, an apparent ankle injury at the scrimmage on Sunday, uh, Saturday. Um, the early reports, the early prognosis, Robbie, from what you're hearing is he's going to be okay, but it, it might be wise just to go ahead in week one and expect Dylan Johnson to get the first snaps. I think that that could happen. I th- I don't think that injury is going to be as serious as it was feared mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Woody Marks. But if he's not 100%, I'm not rushing him back. Simeon Price has been really good so far. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Bull Hargrave can get healthy and and get in the and get in there. Uh, but if if I don't absolutely have to have Woody, I'm not rushing him back because that that's a big piece to your offense. And you, the ankle injuries can be lingering injuries, and you want that thing to heal properly. Mm-hmm. Dylan Johnson can hold it down. I think Simeon Price can hold it down. I think they'll be fine. Then at receiver, we're saying ducking Wally Williams to Lou Griffin, and then we're going Dollar Bill, Nick Jones, LaQuinston Sharp, and uh, then uh, Cole Smith, Cam Jones. So that's your offensive depth chart as practice goes into game week mo- mode uh, for week one. For week one of, 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 you know, from the switch from what I would call preseason camp into just practice at this point. It's practice right now for me. That, that now you're starting to get ready for for Memphis, and you're starting to get ready for uh, for for the first week, couple weeks of the season. We'll talk about the defensive side of the ball on tomorrow's show, or, or maybe on Thursday's show when we come back from the rumblings. But let's talk about these injuries real quick. Um, one suffered, like we mentioned just a moment ago, uh, in the scrimmage itself, and that was to Jaquavius Marks. Like we said, looks like an ankle injury, and. All indications were that it looked really bad at the time, but maybe sort of similar to what happened to Jaden Wally a couple of years ago when when we are I mean we were there and we were like, well, his season's over. And then next thing you know, he's taking a picture with the cowboy hat on. Same thing with Marks here. Now, we saw Emmanuel Forbes this week having a knee brace on at practice, but he was going through drills for the most part. Did not uh go through any contact, but feels like that's another guy who's a little dinged up, but nothing serious. Is that accurate? Yes, I mean, anytime a guy comes back from something like that, it's a knee or whatever, and he comes back the next day and he's going through drills and stuff, I mean, you feel okay. And he was, you know, running up and down the sidelines at the scrimmage. He didn't participate. I don't expect him to miss any games. I think they're going to be fine uh, with him. And, you know, it's just one of those deals where he is a potential – NFL guy, cornerback, he's state's best cornerback. You need him. So they're just going to be very careful with him. Okay. Then on the also on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I guess is he, he's a redshirt freshman linebacker. John Lewis was in a leg brace on Saturday. It was reported that he had, he, he had injured himself during practice the, the week, and then, you, you know, the – it sort of got lost in the shuffle with the injury that we're going to talk about in just a second. But Lewis, that's it looks again, we've got some looks can be deceiving injuries happening at Mississippi State because you know, you see somebody in a, in a full leg brace like that, and you're like, oh gosh, you know, he could be out for a long time. But all indications are he could be back to start the month of October. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll see how long that is. It, it might not be um too serious for him. I I was a little nervous watching him in that brace because it was kind of the immobilizer, like stiff right. leg brace. Right, right, right. Which, you know, without the uh, crutches made me feel a little bit better because I feel like, you know, if it was like ACL or something, I'm no doctor, but I feel like he would have had crutches and he wouldn't be walking around on it like that. But um, it seems like his is going to be um, a little bit of a recovery but should be able to play this year. I don't know how much longer he'll be out, but definitely probably the more serious of the three of those, but should be able to play this year. There you go. 
And then last but not obviously not least is Jaden Crumbity, who this is the injury I find the most perplexing, that an apparent wrist injury. So you think, okay, defensive lineman, wrist injury, you put a club on it, you get back on the field. But there's a lot of talk that he could be out for an extended period of time. What are you hearing on Jaden Crumbity? Yeah, I mean, it does seem to be more serious than we first expected, you know, because when you hear about – you think about broke wrist, you think, you know, maybe four to six weeks or something. Um, and I'm not sure the protocol on that. We've always seen, you know, some of these linemen and linebackers with that club on, which that could be various injuries. I don't know if that's really a a, a wrist injury or not. But um, apparently this is a little more serious than, than first – thought and it, it could be something that lingers into the season and deeper into the season for Jaden Crumity. Of course, we're not going to get anything on the record or off the record right. about this from Mike Leach. Um we won't if he's out for the season, we won't even know he's out for the season from Mike Leach. Um we didn't get anything we never got anything from him last year on uh, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is, you know, it's the bowl game and Jordan Davis is on the sidelines um, in a jersey or something, and we still didn't get a, a an actual comment on that. So we won't get anything from Mike Leach on that. It's very difficult to get that kind of information, but we have gotten it on some of the other guys. We don't have a full um, answer on Jaden Crumity yet. So I, he hadn't been at practice. He wasn't at the scrimmage. I don't know if that means that he's uh, gone through surgery or what, but he is obviously out right now. I would not be expecting him to play at all against Memphis, so you can go ahead and expect you know Randy Charlton or whoever to beat his his spot. But um, that's a that's a a group that is deep already, so I think they'll be okay there. But you never want to lose somebody that's been starting for four years. Now here at state, um, you, you want your you want those guys on the field and potential NFL guy too. So yeah, what what is you know, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the depth chart for defense here real quick because what does it look like with 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 Crumity out? You know, my first thought is you know Cam Young there in the middle at nose, Jordan Davis, and is it Randy Charlton going to be on the other on the other outside spot? Is that who you have projected out there, or or am I missing somebody? Yeah, that's who I think is going to be in, in Crumity's spot is Charlton. And I actually think it, it would not shock me to see uh, – and we'll talk a little bit more about that on Thursday, but it wouldn't shock me to see uh, DeMonte Russell mm-hmm. as your as your guy um, over Jordan Davis. But um, Really? I think – yeah. Um, I, I think that – I think that they'll be fine with, with Charlton uh, there. At, I think – Either at the speed rush ends, I think either Davis or Russell would be fine. Russell has gotten a lot of those reps there in the spring and into the fall, but I think Davis is starting to come into his own, so that wouldn't shock me. And then Pickering could prob- could probably slide inside or or outside mm-hmm. um, and play behind Charlton. He's been getting reps at that position anyway. Um, and I think Javon Banks has started to get reps at the nose guard, so either Pickering or, or Banks could play nose guard. So it's more likely that you're going to see Pickering playing at that defensive end, which I think they call it defensive tackle. Yeah. But it's basically a defensive end. Right. uh, Playing on that strong side with with Charlton. It's, it's, again, that's not, I mean, that ain't bad. I mean, if you're going to lose, if you're going to lose somebody, Mm -hmm. you want it to be at that 
spot. We talked about it a little bit on Thursday about how state just had all this has this depth at the defensive line position. They just have a bunch of guys and they have guys that they can show different looks with. I mean, you mentioned when you started to say DeMonte Russell, my first thought was he's going to be on the other side from Davis. And I was thinking that would be an interesting group to have, you know, especially in past situations, right? Where on third and long, you put Cam Young or Pickering out there with Jordan Davis on one side, DeMonte Russell, and you get both your, your probably your better pass rushers out there. So state just has enough guys right now. And we aren't even talking about, you know, the freshmen, who could end up making you know contributions like guys like Trevion Williams or maybe a Calvin Dinkins along the way? Well, Deontay Anderson, a redshirt freshman, is a guy who could make contributions there. They just have good depth there. They've recruited well there, and then the underrated guys they've taken, like Cam Young, have panned out for the most part. So it's a good position to be in when you have an injury like this to one of your better players for Jaden Crumney. Hopefully, this risk, you know, if that's indeed what it is. Uh, that can get cleared up, and maybe the the prognosis can be a little bit better uh, than we thought. All right, let's uh, we'll so we'll do defense. Uh, just we'll do defense on Thursday. We're gonna we're gonna do a couple of things this week. We're gonna do uh, we'll do the defensive stuff. I'm gonna get a couple of national guys on this week. I've already lined up an interview with Cole Kublik, and we'll talk to Brandon Marcello. Um, I want to get some national perspective on what they think Mississippi State's gonna be like this year. And that will lead into Friday's show where we will have our, uh, I think it's our seventh annual, uh, at least for me anyway, uh, MSU media poll where I have polled all the members of the beat and we will get their thoughts on the upcoming uh, season. So that's coming up uh, this week. Let's move on into the uh, countdown today. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. I think they would have been happy with my uh, my, my my Mississippi pot roast on, uh, on from yesterday. It's very good. delicious. I was, I was really, you know, I'm my own harshest critic when I, when I cook, but even I was like, that's good. I don't know what I did when the, in the cooking process that made the sauce sort of thicken up more like a gravy, but it was good. And it had like a kick to it too. Yeah. Like it was, it was, there was a spice in there that was, was good. that I usually haven't had in those. I need, I need to, I need to do those just standalone coming up pretty soon. I'm gonna have to do that. Um, I would eat them again. I, yes. 10 out of 10. Well, whenever you're cooking beef, it's always going to be a 10 out of 10 if you know what you're doing. And, and beef is so easy to cook, and there's so many great products available. All you've got to do is put it on the grill and not mess it up. So go by the grocery store today, head to your local butcher shop, pick up something, pick up, I mean, and chuck roast, not expensive. You can get a couple, you know, three, four pound chuck roast for 20 bucks and you're good to go. And that's, that's a meal for the big family. You know, you can, you can stretch that some mashed potatoes. Little, little corn on the cob. Life is good at your house that day. Do it up with beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two brothers smoked meats. Uh, okay. I feel like we've been talking about this for like a month now, that we're going to go eat at Two Brothers, and we haven't done it. And I, we got to make it happen. All right, and this is the week. This is the time to do it. We're you name the date. You, made right, the, you name the date and the time. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. Thursday at 6.31 p.m. All right. Probably not going to happen. I'm probably going to be at Nana Woya versus Knox Pater, the Cross Creek rivalry. You love to hear high school football, but we'll figure something else out for Two Brothers. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked Southern soul food. The food is great. The service is great. The location is great. It's a great time. Every time you go there, consistency is what I look forward to the most in my restaurant experiences. And I have never left Two Brothers and said, it just wasn't on tonight. Something wasn't right. I, 
I have never had a problem with the food. I've never had a pro- problem with the service. Never had a problem at all. Neither will you. It's always a great time. Two brothers smoked meats. Great products and great service. Every business promises it. Advantage Business Systems delivers it. And I can tell you how I know. They've got the receipt. And that receipt is 47 years of being in business. So when you need technology, when you need new copiers or printers, when you need laptops for your employees, call Advantage Business Systems. And if they have issues, call them right back. And you're not talking to somebody across the ocean. You're not talking to somebody hours away, an out-of-state contractor coming to fix things. No, you're talking to somebody here in the state just like you. You're in the right area. They're, they're a couple hours away. They could fix it the same day in a lot of instances. That's the kind of difference that Advantage Business Systems gives you. The number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right, Robbie, we have six games to get to. So we're going to do two today, one tomorrow, one on Thursday, and then two on Friday. That will wrap us up. So we're at number six and number five today. Number six, I don't know that I didn't overrate this game. I'll be honest with you. Because I think I think it was the spark, the catalyst to the 2014 season. But in retrospect, State beat up a pretty average team. But that's the 2014 game against LSU. 34-29 uh, down there in Tiger Stadium. I think it's it's big for three reasons. One, obviously it was the game that sort of proved for the nation that Mississippi State was for real. We had seen three regular season games at that point. State had dominated the non-conference. And we all the, those of us who covered the team were like, this team's good. They're a good team. I didn't think they were going to go to number one in the nation. But I was like, this team is good. That game against LSU proved that they were good. Two, this is the, 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 the true explosion of Dak Prescott as a national figure and the game that he had in this game. And then three, I mean, you'd only beaten LSU once in the last 22 years. Rod Gibson was the one in 21 and one. And you finally got the win down there and you dominated the game. And it, it, I mean, the scoreline is very flattering to LSU. It should never have been this close. A fun game. Those who made the trip have always talked about what a great, how great it was to see Tiger Stadium cleared out in the early third quarter. This is a huge game in the history of Mississippi State football to me. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be people that that try to throw you know water on this down the line and talk about how LSU wasn't a very good team, but just the simple fact that Mississippi State did it finally. They finally went to Baton Rouge and won a ball game for the first time in what twenty. 23 years or whatever it was in Baton Rouge since 1991. So, I mean, whether the team was turned out to be very good or not, which they were still incredibly talented, um, Mississippi state did it. And that was the, the big takeaway from it. And really the big thing to me that showed that that team was special was I talked about the other day when we were previewing that game against LSU, LSU state had come out and punched them in the mouth early. They had the touchdown in the opening drive. They got the goal line stand. So State was in somewhat of you know control. Mm-hmm. LSU got back in the ball game, and the crowd was right on top of the State players. And right. you know there was there was you know like a fumble or something. I can't remember exactly how it played out, but you got it right. It's a sack fumble that got picked up, and LSU takes it into the end zone to make it a a one score game. And at that point, you're thinking, well, here, I mean, that was nice. Yeah. Game out. Seen this got movie it, before. Did. Yeah. But Dak took the team in the midst of all that 
down the field, scored a touchdown, and you're like, okay, game on. And from there, it was all state until they let off the gas and Archie Muniz hikes a ball over um, Dak's head for you know a terrible snap, and they get right back in the ball game, and you have to kind of hold on there. Mm-hmm. But you know, for the most part, state dominated that ball game, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a huge win for state historically because it told you that you can go to Baton Rouge and win a game first and foremost, which they've now won two of those in the last six years or whatever. Um, but also, it took state from this team could be pretty good to this team is the real deal uh, nationally. When you go to Tiger Stadium and you win a game at night against LSU, you've got the attention of everybody. And from that point on, everybody knew Mississippi State was was coming that year. And then, of course, like I said, you know, Dak Prescott, this is the coming out party. This is where the nation discovers Dak Prescott. We sort of knew, and this guy's really good. And, you know, I, again, I didn't think that he was going to be starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys for seven years after this, you know, good. But I knew he was a good football player. I knew that he was an outstanding college football player and had a chance to, to rack up a lot of numbers and a lot of honors. Uh, and this is the game where, you know, you really discover that. I mean, he threw the ball really well, obviously. I mean, the the run against uh, LSU in this game, the, the 56-yard touchdown run where he stiff-arms Jalen Mills and, and, and cuts across the field, honestly is one of the most iconic plays regardless of sports in MSU history. Like, if you were going to do like a Mount Rushmore, I guess, which I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, but whatever. You know, that's on the, the list along with, you know, Burke Masters and, and Elijah McNamee's, you know, the Grand Slam and the home run in Tallahassee. Morgan Williams shot against UConn. I mean, from a football perspective, the only one that comes close, in my opinion, it would be, uh, uh, I think it's Billy Jackson's fumble recovery against Alabama. But that's, I mean, it's just a fumble recovery. Ball gets knocked out, he jumps on it. There's not a, there's not a lot of drama built up into that play. Whereas Dak, you know, it's third down, he takes off, you realize he's going to get free, and then you realize he's going to score. There's a lot going on there. This was the game where the nation discovers Dak Prescott. And so that's another reason to put it up high on the list. And what was really surprising, uh, and, you know, later on it wasn't all that surprising because we knew how good they were, but Mm. the offensive line just blew LSU off the ball. Off the ball. All night. Yeah. And that, that was a talented LSU front. Dylan Day, you know, of course, stomped on a few guys, but you know, it happens. Uh, yeah, uh, he was just, you know, he was. They were in. They were in the way. Yeah. Uh, then back with play. Dylan Day, and who else was on that front? Blaine Clausell. Clausell, Ben Beckwith, Justin Senior. Was he on that? Justin Senior, and we're leaving somebody out. Justin Malone. I can't remember. I think that's that right. might that might be correct. Yeah, at left but, guard. Uh, I think on that run by Dak, I think it was that one where Ben Beckwith is like right right behind him. Mm-hmm. Just like flying down the field. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that was that was kind of the key to to that read option offense was the offensive line just kind of blowing people off the ball. And then mm-hmm. Dak was always moving forward. Um, and it was just it was tough to stop, man. Mm-hmm. With him and jo- with him and Josh Robinson. Yeah. Fun game, fun memory, and an iconic game for Mississippi State. So that's number six on the list, 34-29, Bulldogs over LSU uh, in 2014. In number five, I mean, 
We joke about it all the time, Robbie. Only one team in the SEC West from of the of the old school six has not been to, to Atlanta. We all know who it is. It's the Ole Miss Rebels. Mississippi State has been. This is the game that put them there. Number five on the list from 1998. Mississippi State 22, Arkansas 21. This is how old school this game is. This game wasn't a sellout. State wins this game. They're going to go to Atlanta. There were like 38,000 people there in the old in the old stadium because it was the first day of deer season. <laughs> like, can't go kill a deer on Sunday. The deer aren't there on Sunday, I guess. Um, Arkansas, of course, could have clinched the West the week before, but we all know what happened there, the Clint Sterner play where he fumbles the football falling back. But Arkansas, all they had to do is win this game, and they will be the SEC West champions. They come to Starkville. State have been up and down this year. I don't, I don't think you know people remember that, like, you know, they lost to a not great Oklahoma State team. They got blown out at LSU by a four win Tiger team. They lost 41 to six in Tiger Stadium. Uh, they had lost a couple weeks previous to Kentucky to a not great Kentucky team. And in that game, Brian Hazelwood missed a couple of kicks. This was be his redemption. Uh, no J.J. Johnson in this game. He got hurt, obviously, against Alabama the week before. Uh, so State had to try to piece it together without their best player. Uh, defensively, they kept him in the game. What I remember the most about this game, to me, is the final drive for Mississippi State, where Mackin converted two ridiculous long uh, plays. A fourth and 18 to Kelvin Love, where Love stretches and gets the first down by the stretch. And then he hits Kevin Cooper on a third down. I think it was like third and 15 later in the drive where, you know, again, Kevin Cooper, another one, man. God rest his soul. Um, so he, to convert those to set up Hazelwood for a kick that honestly, they called it good and that's good enough for me. That's the highest kick I've ever seen. I think, I think God might have gotten a piece of that one. It was so high up in the air. It flew right over the uprights and state won. And State was the – I mean, people forget now the next week they had to go to Atlanta, to old Oxford and win to be the SEC West champions. They didn't clinch the West there, but this gave them the upper hand, and everybody knew they were going to go to Oxford and win the next week. Huge win. And Houston Nutt took it so personally, he didn't lose again to Mississippi State till he was at Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> there was one play here in this game where Jolie Dunn literally brought the entire defense after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of lobbed it up, and there was a guy standing there waiting for the ball, and he had a wide-open touchdown. I just remember thinking, you know what? That's just like saying, if you beat me, you beat me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to Joe send Lee everyone on this party. And things like that. I mean, he literally sent all 11 players after the quarterback, and there was just a wide receiver. The guy just threw it up in the air, and there was a wide receiver standing right there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, it was a – a huge win for Mississippi State. But like you said, it's kind of become the Burke Masters of football. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that Burke Masters sent Mississippi State to the College World Series with that grand slam. Not true. That just kept the, the, the regional alive. Right. The same back, thing here. Win. I mean, the state still had to win a ball game, but they did to their credit. And um, this game is looked back on a lot more fondly because of the way it ended with Brian mm-hmm. Hazelwood's kick and um, putting them in position to win the West. But like I said the other day, that 99 team deserved an SEC Probably championship. Better. They deserved the SEC championship. One. But, but you know, that's, that's the thing about championships. Like, you, the ball's got to bounce your way sometimes, you know. I wonder, I, I, I got to go back and look. 
you know, State won the West that year with two conference losses. And they lost they lost a non-conference game and the two conference losses. I'm trying to think. I think Arkansas had a year where they won it with three conference losses. The West was just really down that year. But when's the next time somebody's going to win the West with two losses? I mean, it, obviously it hasn't happened. When's the last time that was, was Auburn? I guess Auburn in 17. I think they had two conference losses that year. Might but, be. I mean, it's just the such West. A rare the thing. West wasn't wasn't super strong. This is when time. the East was strong. You know, Tennessee yeah. was a national champion this year. Florida had won the national title uh, two years before. Um, you know, yeah. when Mullen coached, I thought that was like the height of the SEC West. It was. I mean, to me, 2010 is the absolute height. Five of the six teams were ranked in the top 15. Yeah, you can't do a whole lot better than that. So, and State was within a field goal of the national champion. That tells you how good yeah. that SEC. Yeah, that Mississippi State team was. Yeah, Brian, so. did you know that the SEC nation is going to Vanderbilt in week two? Who are they playing? If only there was a device. Yeah, I don't even think that's. Does, a does it matter who they're playing? I mean, if if you're playing, Georgia, oh, they're playing. Uh, they're playing Wake Forest. No, they're playing Elon. Ready. Ready for it? E. Like, what, what are they doing? What are we? They just announced that on SEC Network. There Twitter. has to be a better game. Marty and McGee will be there. SEC oh Nation. God. Okay. God. Whatever. Whatever. Well, that we must have a contract count. to fulfill. Yeah. All right, guys, let's just go to Nashville. We'll sit at like the Wild Horse Saloon or something and do SEC Nation from there. Yeah. Well, that won't be making anybody's countdown, but this countdown, we are at number five, MSU 22, Arkansas 21 from 1998. Four games to go. Tomorrow's game. Uh, you know, uh, I don't really have a good clue for it, but it's an old one. It's an old one. We'll talk about it on uh, tomorrow's show. That's also the rumblings tomorrow. So, Robbie, go ahead and fire off a tweet, and we'll get your questions in. Any questions you've got, Robbie and I will be more than happy to answer them. Do that on tomorrow's show. Guys, have a great weekend. Or, I'm sorry, great weekend. Have a great uh, Monday. I, I wish. wish. I don't know. Uh, Robbie I'm be- and I will be back with you on, on – uh, have a great Tuesday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Wednesday. Talk to you again soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.